In the name of God, amen. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to find that passage from the Gospel of Luke. I believe the 8 o'clock congregation said it was on page 92. Does that sound right? Those of you who were here, something like that. End of Luke, the end of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 through 48. So this is, just to orient you, this is after the resurrection, obviously. This is also um, after the disciples that had wandered off to Emmaus and experienced the risen Lord appearing to them, being known to them in the breaking of the bread, and then disappearing from their sight after they rushed back to Jerusalem to tell the others what they had experienced. They were gathered again in the room, and Jesus stood among them. Now, the reason I'm asking you to open up the text is I'd like, um, I'd like you to review with me what we heard Father Greg read, which is um, review with me all the emotions and thoughts that were, all the emotions that, were, that the disciples were experiencing and all the thoughts that they were going, on, going through their head in one sitting, because it's impressive the number of things that they experienced in a relatively short period of time. So um, Jesus stood among the disciples and their companions and said to them, peace be with you. And their responses were to be startled, terrified, and they thought they were seeing a ghost. And he said, why are you frightened? Why do you doubt? Look at my hands and my feet, touch and see. And after he said them, he showed them. And while in their joy, disbelieving, still wondering, have you anything to eat? Give them some fish, ate it in their presence. And then he goes back, as he's been, been doing every time he appears to them. These are the words I spoke to you, reminding them of what they had heard before. And then he opened their minds, which is a way of saying, helping them understand. And they came to some kind of insight about this. And then he reminds them again of his ministry. And then he tells them, you are to be witnesses to all of these things. Hold all of those emotions and thoughts in your head for a second, because what I'd like to speak to you about are the times in your life and in mine when we are called upon to be brave, really brave, in the face of something we weren't expecting, that we either fear, maybe even dread, or perhaps hope for more than anything in the world. And so you might think of such times And maybe a time, a part of your life you're experiencing right now when you have to do something that you have never done before and you're not sure that you can do it. You just know that you have to do it. Or maybe when you want to throw caution to the wind and pursue something that really matters to you, that you really want to do, but there's also a chance that you might fail at whatever it is you want. When you have to say something hard, something that will be hard to say, and even harder for someone that you care about to hear. Or perhaps when you have to face the very thing that you would give anything to avoid. These are moments when we're called to be brave. 
I would suggest to you they are among the most important moments of our lives. They are decisive moments. They're turning point moments. And God is especially present to us in those moments. They're as decisive for God and God's relationship to us as they are for us. Although at sometimes, as we're experiencing it, we don't think that that's true. Um, it feels like we're alone. Because every time we face a moment like that, it, it can feel like, even if you're old like me, 50, right? 55. Even if you're old like me, and you've gone through a few of these experiences, when you have to go through it again, it can feel like the very first time. Because no matter how many times you've needed to be brave in your life before, it doesn't necessarily change all those emotions and thoughts like those disciples had in that particular moment, whatever threshold you might be um, on the edge of. Um, and those of us who are a bit beyond childhood um, and maybe not have children around us anymore, we may have forgotten how much courage it requires simply to grow up simply to grow up, that this is part of the human experience, this constant need to be brave. We think about what it's like for a very, very young child, and you know, for good reason we call them toddlers, right? Think about what it's like for a toddler learning to walk for the first time. By that stage, Usually, the child is really good at crawling, and it's a very efficient and safe mode of transportation. Some scooting all over the floor. It's so much easier and faster for a child to just fall down on all fours and move than to try to do this amazingly frightening thing, which is to stand up on wobbly legs and try to walk. And so first, typically, right, there's the holding on to the coffee table or the couch, and usually there's an encouraging parent a few steps away holding out arms saying, you can do this, you can do this. And a child will take that step and sometimes just fall right over again and then get up again, and try again, and try again. And all the while the parent is there, I got you, baby. And then the child walks. And think if you can, if you can remember ex witnessing that, think of the expression on the child's face. Because it's, in my memory, it's a combination of all those emotions that we read about in the New Testament. Amazement, terror, joy, excitement, realizing what, you know, and then just, I am walking. And it's shaky at first, but... Before the adults turn around, it seems, they're running with this new capacity well, well behind them. That's what we as human beings are created to do, to be brave, to do things we have never done before again and again and again. And every time, God is with us. God is the one holding out arms. Jesus is the one who is saying, you can do this because I am with you. 
And I wish, I wish we knew that about our God. Really knew it. So often we, we associate God and we associate Jesus with all the safe things in life. You know, we create a worship service that has a schedule to it and an order. And it's all very safe. And, and, and sometimes, and I don't mean, you know, sometimes it's even a little dull, right? I mean, people don't often ex- associate our faith with those exciting moments. We, we've domesticated our faith to such a degree that we, we think it's about, it's about sitting in church not that, not that there's anything wrong with sitting in church. I mean, sitting in church is where we kind of prepare, right? We prepare for those moments. Or we remind ourselves of those moments. Or we take a break from those moments, right? But it's our faith and it's our relationship with God that actually meets us in those moments and says, I am here with you and why it matters so much for us to know this so that when we're there, or even more heartbreaking for those of us who love our children or grandchildren or our friends or neighbors, when we watch someone else go through that moment and we want to say to them, not only am I here for you, God is here for you. Being in a relationship with Jesus is about being brave. So let's just review a couple of the stories that he told. We were talking about one of these in, um, in, our, uh, in our time with the young people just before church. There's this story where Jesus is um, on the shores and his disciples are in the boat. And Jesus decides to walk on the water to the boat. Remember this story? And, um, and then from the boat, they thought they were seeing a ghost. Remember that? Yet again, they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus calls to Simon Peter and says, come on out. And without really thinking about it, Peter says, okay, and steps out. And then you know how that happens when you realize what you've done and you realize, I'm doing something I've never done before. What do you do? You sink, right? It's exactly what he did. And then Jesus pulled him up and said, I've got you. We're going to walk on water now. Now, we might read that story and say, yeah, well, that's a miracle or that's a fantastic story. I can't believe that that's true. But we walk on water all the time. Jesus calls us out of our boats all the time to do things that we've never done, to do things that we cannot do, that he wants us to do. And he says, come on out. It's okay. I've got you. You're going to sink. It's okay. I got you. All the time. Here's another one. Um, You remember the story about Jesus um, having taught a crowd of disciples, thousands of people, all day long. It's the end of the day. Everyone's tired. Disciples come to Jesus and say, look, we don't have any food for these people. And it's getting late. They're going to start getting really anxious soon. Send them away to get some food. And Jesus says to them, why don't, why don't you give them something to eat? And they say, are you kidding me? 
we've got like a few loaves of bread and some fish. That's it. And Jesus says, well, why don't you give them to me? So Jesus takes what they have, insufficient as it is, offers it to God, distributes it to the multitude, and you know the story, right? Everyone was fed, there was food left over. Again, we might read that and say, well, that's impossible, or that couldn't have happened, or there must have been food elsewhere, whatever we would say to kind of make sense of the story as a story. But it happens to us all the time, all the time. Whenever we're facing a situation of need well beyond our capacity to meet, and we say to ourselves, there's nothing I can do here. This is an impossible situation. And we hear this voice inside or maybe from someone else say, no, what you got? What you got? And you pull out, out of your whatever metaphorical change out of your pocket, insufficient offering, and you give it to God. And God takes it and blesses it and distributes it. And somewhere between your offering and what was needed, there's enough. Happens all the time. All the time. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a life of adventure, a life of bravery, a life of faith, a life of generosity, a life where we're on the edge of excitement all the time because something's happening that's way bigger than we are or we're being called to be more than we are and that's where God meets us. So that's what Jesus was saying to those frightened, scared, overwhelmed, joyful doubtful disciples in that room. And he said to them, look, this is, the, this is it. This is the big story. And you're witnesses to those things. We weren't there for that. That's not what we're witnesses to. We're witnesses to other things. We're witnesses to those moments of bravery when we were allowed to become more than we are. We are witnesses to the miracle of a child being strong and, and, and standing up when it would be so much easier to sit down. We are witnesses to the miracles that face us every day. And God wants us to take that and live it to its fullness and dare to articulate something of that mystery to one another, so that we're clear, even when we gather in this beautiful, safe place called church, what we're really talking about is the adventure called life. And Jesus meets us there. Amen.